the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Good afternoon, Northern California. Welcome. Just about five minutes after the hour, 5 p.m., as we welcome you to another edition of Lifeline. Keeping you company Monday through Friday at this time, as we typically do, addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. Our conversation today with Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor at Redwood City Church of God in Christ. And Pastor Irving, a delight and a pleasure to have you join us today. Thank you so much. I understand you have been pastoring there at Redwood City Church of God in Christ for just about a decade now, though ordained many, many years ago and now involved in full-time ministry on a part of the peninsula that you've probably seen a lot of changes in over recent years. Tell us about some of the challenges that you face in terms of ministry working in such a diversified region like the peninsula. Well, the challenges is this, is that we we are in a uh, area where it is largely Hispanic and other diversities, other uh, nationalities. And so it's a little hard for us to get started because um, our services are different than many people are exposed to. So uh, those are, that's a challenge that we have, that we face. Um, and so um, that's what we're dealing with now. And I guess in some respects, this is a challenge that most of the church is facing today. Not only have we seen changes in terms of diversity and demographics, certainly the economics. I think of Redwood City, which is, my goodness, this, this cornucopia of not only various people from various cultural backgrounds, but a broad disparity in terms of economic backgrounds as well. Add to that in the more sort of macro view of church ministry today in a place like the San Francisco Bay Area, and you have large swaths of people that come in with high educations that for whom maybe a weekly experience at church just doesn't seem to be all that important. What, in your opinion, are some of the biggest challenges that the body of Christ overall today is facing in terms of effectively communicating the gospel to a world which, as we see in the news every day, is lost, confused, and dying bit by bit? I think that some of the challenges is is to to be able to communicate to people um, that that, uh, Christ is the is the uh, um, means of of supplying the, what they're looking for. I shared the gospel with a young lady here a few few weeks back. She worked for um, Terminex, and she came to do a service at our at our church at our church 
And pretty much what you have expressed just a few few minutes back, she had church experience that she just didn't understand. Um, um, And her experience was not, uh, uh, she just didn't understand what was going on. I think the challenge is to express to people what it means to be saved, because a lot of people don't understand what it means. Those who have had who have had church experience, even though the gospel is expressed to them, they still don't have a good sound sound understanding of what it means and how easy it is to receive Christ Jesus. And so the challenge is to uh, get the message across to people. It's not just a religion, but it is an experience that one has to experience. And when they experience Christ, it will transform their life. Uh, and so it's not just a religion. It's an experience that one needs to have in order to um, really understand the workings of the church. And so that's the challenge, along with languages and dealing with people with different languages. They use it. They may understand you, but they use it to close the door when they need when they want to. And I think sometimes, as you point out, that's because there is uh, perhaps a, a growing, almost fundamental uh, lack of understanding, both in terms of, as you're pointing out, the relevancy and the importance of Christianity from the relationship standpoint. People maybe are familiar with Christianity from the religiosity of it, from the religious standpoint. Uh, exactly. and, and that can cloud what is at the core, the key fundamental message, and that is it has, in reality, nothing to do with organized religion, quote-unquote, but it really has to do with communicating a message of relationship, that relationship that very God himself wants to have with each and every one of us to be reconciled unto him, reconciled to each other as well, which is another big challenge these days, as we all know from the headline news, and then to be able to grow and develop in that personal relationship. And, and I would wonder from, from a pastoral perspective, you know, 50, 60 years ago, maybe those that are, came before us, our, our spiritual forefathers, worked in delivering a message with a segment of the population then that at the very least around the periphery, periphery grew up with a sense of God's existence there wasn't. There was some debate in relationship to the origins of man, as we know, going all the way back to the late 1800s. But in the end, they probably believed that God existed. They might not know what to do with that, or who this God was, or what He thought of them, if at all. But at least we had that fundamental foundation from which we can build. Today, we have growing numbers of people that are not even certain that God Himself exists. And so the challenge then, I would imagine, in terms of presenting the gospel message to people that are caught up in modernism and in materialism today and in a sense of self-worth and self-support, all absent of that foundation of the basic understanding of who God is and our relationship to him, I would imagine, uh, particularly on the peninsula, that's got to be a huge challenge. It is. uh, We have taking the time to go out and um, knock on doors and witness in the area there, in Redwood City there, and uh, Miller Park. And you run into that quite often. You run into people who are very well off, very intelligent, 
but they are not they really don't believe in God and if they do it's 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 something that is not uh, they're not interested in and so as you're sharing the gospel with them you run into quite a few people in that area um, that that are just not receptive to receive the the word of God, they kind of just shut the door on you. And so that's a challenge to get people to even give you opportunity to uh, share the gospel with them, to give you five minutes of their time. So it is a challenge. And with the church there, with the demographics there in Redwood City, um, um, it's very difficult to identify, for people to identify with you. Oftentimes, when you knock on the door, they just close the door. So that's part of the problem. But yes, you're correct. Is there when people are um, well educated, uh, they they really don't have a need. You know, and a lot of times when you talk to people, they think that they are you, you. They may not have a need to help them to. Um, get their lives together because they feel as though they're already together and they really don't need um, any religious uh, uh, help. But they can do it on their own. And so the challenge is to get it across to them to let them know um, that Christ is a whole different um, dynamic. If I can use that word, it's not just having the means of making a decent living and having a, a, a decent life is more than that. It's way beyond that. So that's a, it's a challenge in that area, especially. You do have the people, you do have those who are uh, impoverished, uh, but a large, a large segment of that is those who do not, are not um, um, of your culture. We're visiting today with Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor at Redwood City Church of God in Christ. We'll take this brief time out, return to more of our dialogue right after this. Our nation's pandemic and subsequent financial crisis has affected hundreds of thousands. Many of those hardest hit are right here in the Bay Area. Many are neighbors, friends, even folks we go to church with. Jobless, hopeless, homeless. Since 1965, the Bay Area Rescue Mission has been caring for the homeless and impoverished, providing food, shelter, and a fresh start for those struggling with addiction or personal crisis. The Bay Area Rescue Mission delivers the hope of the gospel message to each and every one they reach. Simply go to bayarearescue.org. At this critical time, with so many lives in financial turmoil, your partnership with the Bay Area Rescue Mission helps meet the physical needs of hurting families and the spiritual needs as well. To share your tax-deductible gift of hope today, simply go to bayarearescue.org. Love without limits. The Bay Area Rescue Mission. bayarearescue.org. bayarearescue.org. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to our conversation. Our visit today is with Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor of Redwood City's Church of God in Christ. Pastor Irving, let's pick up where we left off just prior to the break. And of course, the irony is what you've described is not only endemic 
in parts of the peninsula where, as you point out, we have these extremes of, of, of education and wealth and and success and living in one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive part of the entire country, let alone the state, juxtaposed right. against pockets of extreme poverty and, and economic challenges. And yet across the board, whether we're talking about the richest of the rich, the poorest of the poor, whether it's the peninsula in Redwood City or elsewhere in the country, the fundamental need for Christ transcends just Christ's ability to change our attitude, change our heart. It really comes down to this fundamental question of sin, salvation, sanctification. And I wonder if you're, from your perspective, Pastor, if if we have kind of perhaps allowed ourselves to be steered away from that core fundamental message. And as a result, certain sections, certainly not all of it, but certain sections of the church have tended to take kind of a, um, well, I'll call it, if you can't beat them, join them attitude. By that I mean that if if you feel as if you're not influencing them and you have to join them in a secular fashion, put on a show, lots of fancy lights, big choir, everybody up there on the stage, uh, feel like you're going to see a Broadway production as opposed to participating in Sunday morning worship service, and then from the pulpits we hear messages about how God wants you to be healthy, wealthy, put a brand new Cadillac in the driveway, but very little discussion about the depravity of man our fallen right. sin nature, our separation right. from God, the need for a Savior. Is it mm-hmm. time, in your opinion, as we look at these challenges, for the church to return back to more of that core fundamental message? I think so. Um, with with our ministry and me in specific, uh, particular me, uh, I have not. And I... And I, I um, um, pretty much um, uh, walk in that vein or, or teach in that vein and uh, minister in that vein. And that might be the, some of the reason why I have such a difficult time with reaching people. But, and if you've ever heard, uh, listen to me on the radio there, you can perhaps sense that. But it is essential. One of the things I was writing here a few days ago, in terms of our um, uh, mission statement, the task that God has given us to do from the book of uh, um, Ephesians, uh, the fourth chapter, when it begins, 11th verse, talking about the responsibility or the reason, the purpose of the church, the gifts that God has given to the church. To minister to people, and sometimes we miss that. But I do understand that if you're going to get people, sometimes you just can't stay uh, in in that vein. You've got to kind of um, um, uh, meet them in the middle somewhere to get their attention, uh, because you, you you may not get it with what what the basics of salvation. Sometimes you've got to use youth and you've got to use music and you've got to use that theater in order to, to, to uh, draw their attention. And then hopefully you can be able to get the message across to, the, to salvation and the relationship with God in their life and the importance of it and the transformation that it will take, that, that takes place when a person receives Christ Jesus. 
people has to have to understand that when you receive Christ Jesus in your life, you are looking at an entirely different uh, perspective in life. It is a life-changing experience, and so you have to. Uh, but you do you have to use those 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 um, methods in order to get people to come to the, to come to the church, because they're coming to the church to to believe it or believe it or not. They're coming to the church. They're looking for something. Um, not altogether what their soul needs, but they also looking for um, um, lights and uh, theater, as you expressed it a little bit earlier. They they look for that, and if you don't supply it, you can't. You, they're not interested. Yeah, they 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 like the tactile experience, and and of course the the lack of full understanding of where they they may be in their relationship with God and these these broader, more fundamental or foundational uh, issues related to sin, salvation, who God is, who I am to God, Christ's work on the cross, all of that. Um, it, it is a process, as you point out, and, and I wonder if that's in part and parcel to what Paul spoke of as being all things to all men that he might win some. Right, exactly. And another thing I think is so important in our society today is that families are falling apart. Our families are being attacked and the family is being destroyed uh, by secularism and their, their thinking. And uh, that is so, such an important part. I think really um, that's an avenue that um, the church has today, letting people know that the reason your family is coming apart, the reason the problem in the family is that there is no God in their thinking. There is no God in their need. And they need to understand God structured the family. It is he that structured it. And uh, when you begin to move away from the structure that God placed and put in place, um, I hate to be blunt, it ain't going to work. Is failing, especially in the black community. Yeah, and I, I think one one author put it this way: that Christ is the glue that holds the family together. Because exactly. let's face it, the yes. enemy is about the business of what does he tell us very clearly in John ten ten? He seeks to kill, steal, uh, and, steal destroy. and destroy. That's and right. of course, if he can, if he can undermine the nuclear family. And tear that family apart. Not only you just succeed at destroying the family, but the family, of course, fundamentally foundational to the very fabric of society. And when you look at the turmoil going on in the world around us, I mean, uh, you know, a, a lot of us have lived long enough to remember the the the, the uh, race riots of the 1960s and the challenges of dealing with with equality and and social justice in this country that goes back a long, long time. We've had a glorious history in some regards and a very sordid history in other regards. And yet right. you look across at all of that, and, and the one component that points back to this increase in distrust, unrest, all that we see played out on the streets of certain cities to what we see playing out on the television set every night, I think right. can all be tied back into this attack and assault on the family. On the family. And it's being used, unfortunately... I'm, I'm not sure whether you agree with it or not, but it is being used, unfortunately, 
um, the, the racist card as being used also to destroy and to um, to for them for uh, um, the um, left. I, I don't want to use the right to misguide the people. I don't want to get into politics. I'm trying to avoid the politic, political part of it. But what's important is is that they use that, and they and it's one of the one of the things that I've encountered in the last uh, since Christmas was discussing with my family, my my family, um, and the young people, my grandchildren, how they are so um, moved by this thing that is going on in the racist the racist card that's being built, and again it goes back to. Um, fam- destruction of the family when you can get to them to make them think that we're living in a society that's just about race then they hook up to that and they're led off into things so it is my it is my um, uh, heartfelt I, I just it hurts me to see our families destroyed and the destruction that's going on in our society today see on TV We're visiting today with Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor at Redwood City Church of God in Christ. We'll take this brief time out, return to more of our dialogue right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to our conversation. Our visit today is with Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor of Redwood City's Church of God in Christ. Pastor Irving, let's pick up where we left off just prior to the break. Do you think, Pastor Irving, that part of this is is very um, strategic from the enemy standpoint? Because let's face it, if he can divide us, he can conquer us. And right. w- whether that's division at the at the micro level within individual families to division at the macro level across the country where, you know, we are the old e pluribus unum is no longer a factor anymore. And and suddenly, if we're divided against each other, I'm just reminded Scripture says that a house divided against itself will fall. And if you look historically at all of the great cultures and societies, and I put great great in my air quotes here, (laughs) but but all of the, the, the historically notable cultures and societies, whether you go back into ancient history and talk about the Mayans, the Aztecs, whether you talk about the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, more currently in the 20th and 21st century, the old Soviet Empire, every one of these quote-unquote societies all have one thing in common, and that is that when they collapsed, when they eventually fell apart. They fell apart, not necessarily because of an attack and an assault from an enemy from without attacking them, but rather from the enemy within. Again, that notion of divide and conquer. Exactly. Exactly. Um, It is the uh, enemy that is attacking the family, obviously, because when he can tear down the family, when he can um, um, disjoint uh, the children from the from their parents, um, uh, then he has opportunity. In other words, if he can break the parents apart, it breaks the children apart. Uh, the children don't have confidence in the structure of the family. Uh, they don't have confidence in, in marriage, and so they think that uh, 
um, they don't know how to how to how to actually sustain a marriage. Does this snowball? Does it snowball in that sense, um, Pastor Irving, in that it becomes multi generational? I'm just thinking of, <clears throat> for example, today as we look at just how divided the family has become because of divorce. And on right. average, one out of every two marriages ends in a divorce court. And sadly, right. that statistics is, is as high for those who do not identify as believers, for those that do. And so I would wonder if then suddenly we have generations of children who don't know what a loving marriage looks like because exactly, they're from a divorced exactly. home. And now exactly. it goes from one generation, you know, talk about the sins of the fathers impacting the children. Is this in part explanatory as to why we see so many challenges in marriages and in the family today? Because that sense of, of wholesome mentoring is no longer there? It's no longer there. Uh, it's divided. Even those marriages that um, continue, uh, they're generally a divide a division there and so and it impacts the children greatly and if it impacts the children it's going to impact their children because that thing is going down generational to generate affecting them and it has a lot to do with the fact that uh, people have to come to understand how important it is to have a relationship with God how important it is to have that confidence and trust in God to where the point to where you follow the leadership of the Lord Jesus, not just go to church. But it's not it's, in, it's not enough just to go to church. You got to follow the leadership of the Lord Jesus, that you obey his his his, uh, his governance, his word. And uh, even in the church today, it just it breaks my heart to see how all of the divorces and the breakdown of the family in the church. As you probably well know, in the black community, there's a large portion of our, of our uh, um, women, not, they're not even married. They just, uh, they have children, they have, but they're not, they don't marry. A large portion of our congregations are unwed mothers. And, and, you, and, and there is a reason for that. And the reason is, is because the family, uh, um, and it's, and it's uh, you go back a few generations and the family broke down. And when there is no parents in the house, mother and father, um, um, at least that, that baby, that, that lady, that young woman, uh, in jeopardy, and oftentimes they fall into those those traps. And again, we speak of it. You speak of it, and I speak of it. We know what it is. It is the attack of the enemy on the family. And if it breaks down the family, it's got the children. And so, um, it's a task. It's a task. But uh, we just have to trust God for it. This has certainly been almost sort of the um, the proverbial frog in the cattle experience, I would imagine, as we look at some of this disintegration that didn't happen overnight. We're not talking about something that suddenly happened last Tuesday. This right. goes back not only multiple generations, multiple decades, and now suddenly here we find ourselves witnessing on the 6 o'clock news every night 
a lot of the results of this disintegration of the family and the the attack, the ground, so to speak, that has been gained by the enemy. And I'm wondering, in your perspective, Pastor, what's the antidote? How do we respond to this as the church? And how, how important does things like discipleship, biblical literacy, engaging in our faith life, not as just something that we do, such as showing up to church on Sunday, that's important, right. but to understand fundamentally that, that, that this needs to be integral to our identity as to who we are. And if it, I believe, if, if it becomes a part of who we are and we experience what it is to be true disciples, to make true disciples, then the ability of the Holy Spirit to work in and through our lives and use us as that means, that mechanism to motivate others to seek Christ and to come and bow knee to him, then I think that will change. But what, in your opinion, is is the real key here to reversing some of these very troubling trends? Well, um, unfortunately, um, we know what the Word says, that things are going to get really bad before Christ comes back. As we, but here, here's one thing I think is, 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 is essential. As we share the word and with those who have not received Christ Jesus, who may not believe, uh, we must, and I, and I like to just give um, appreciation to Dandy, we must depend on God, the Holy Spirit, as we share God's word. I don't always see results when I talk to people all the time. I don't always see results when I share the gospel. I don't see it. But the word must be fulfilled. I may have to plant. I may have to just sow. But others have to come along and water. We do. We do. And and, and I'm not sure about uh, your experiences. But one of the great pitfalls of the churches of God in Christ is they don't teach people. You, God don't save you just to sit down in the pew on Sunday. That's right. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a spectator sport. Exactly. You've got to go to work. You've got to get out there. You have the message. Get up and get out there and create ministries. I started a ministry, the, the Bomb and Gilead ministry I actually started in... Um, 2001 is when it really started, and I've been working at it ever since. And uh, not to boast of myself, but really, the really the very day that the Lord God saved me, on the next day, within a week, I was writing on my business cards, God loves you. Didn't know very much more than that, but I put it on the back of my business card. God loves you. We have to go to work. The church has to go to work. We can't just come to come to service on Sunday and pretty ourselves up and then go home and have a nice meal and say we've done what the Lord asked us to do. It's not. We've got to fulfill the uh, message of the Lord, but the Lord Jesus in Matthew twenty-eighth chapter: "Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, teach people." And that's the job that we've got to do. If we're going to get the work done, if we're going to be a part of um, upbuilding Christ's kingdom, 
We can't sit down. It's not good enough to come to church on Sundays and uh, and worship and then go home and do nothing. We're visiting today with Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor at Redwood City Church of God in Christ. We'll take this brief time out and return to more of our dialogue right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to our conversation. Our visit today is with Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor of Redwood City's Church of God in Christ. Pastor Irving, let's pick up where we left off just prior to the break. Yeah, it really goes back to that dual track of the Great Commandment and the Great Commission working side by side. And you know, it's interesting. Scripture doesn't say, build a building, hang out a shingle, and they shall come. It says, go out into the highways and byways and and compel them to come in. Compel them, that's right. Part of that compelling is the way we live out our life. If people around us see something different about you, you don't get angry like the others do. You have a a steadfastness about you in the midst of trial and turbulations that I don't see in others. What is it? What is that source that you have? And while they may be thinking, well, you just attended the most recent Anthony Robbins seminar, you read this great little book or something of that sort, but but rather than then use that as an opportunity to tell them about the one that you know and the one that has changed your life, we That's engage right. in that fashion. God can and will use each and every one of us. And I think it's important to be reminded that it's not just up to pastors like Pastor Hosea Irving to carry that message. He's responsible for the proclamation and teaching the truth of the gospel from the pulpit every Sunday to to empower, essentially, or equip the saints. But the other part of that equation is reliance upon the Holy Spirit for his support and his guidance, our knowledge of the word, trusting in him, and then recognizing, and Pastor Irving, you said this well, that we can't expect to always complete the entire circle. To one is given the responsibility of planting the seed, to another the watering, and yet to another the harvest. But if we're obedient, the Holy Spirit will use us if we are willing to be used to be a part of that process, to not only revolutionize what goes on in our own families, but in our neighborhoods, our communities, our state, and our nation. Exactly. Say a word, if you would, Pastor, you touched on it a bit about the uh, the substance abuse ministry that you've been involved with. My, my, this has been an area where, sadly, so many young people in this country have fled to for escapism. America has one of the biggest drug abuse problems on the planet. We look at the violence taking place at the southern border and say, oh, somebody needs to go down to Mexico and straighten out these drug cartels, not recognizing the fact that they wouldn't be in business if they didn't have so many consumers. Talk to us a bit about your involvement in a drug rehab uh, ministry. Yes. um, I began in the uh, drug rehab ministry a number of years back when I was at uh, uh, my church in San Jose, I began as a ministry there or a, uh, a facility there. I don't know whether it's still there or not. It's called Branham House. It was a um, um, uh, facility there for unwed, for unwed mothers who had children who were incarcerated. And so they had children. So rather than separate the mother from the children, they had a facility there where the mothers to have the children with them in their incarceration. So I began there 
and I went from there on into um, the uh, drug addiction problem. The problem with one of the things that the difficulty that I've had with it is that people don't um, under, they they go to these um, drug rehab programs that uh, set uh, to help them, and they do help them. But it again, it gets it's up to us to get into that, infiltrate that uh, ministry, and let them know that. If you're really going to be delivered, you need Christ for that for to be delivered, because uh, many go but they they don't succeed. I right now have my ministry have a ministry on Tuesday night beginning at six thirty, and it's for that. It's for people who are involved in drugs who are have gone through where drugs have ruined their life. And uh, we meet on Tuesday night on Zoom at 6.30, and it's set up for people to come there who are trying to get their life back together again. Um, but we've just started a few months back, and uh, we're working at it. But that's the problem. What people want, um, they want help, but they don't necessarily want Christ. They want offer drugs but they don't necessarily want Christ, but it is up to us, you and I, and and, and those like-mindedness to get busy and let them know if you really want to get delivered from drugs and all the other bad behaviors that's ruining your life, folks don't know. It's just not the drugs. Drugs is a, is a, is a uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, things that causes one's life to be destroyed. But it's not the drugs. The reason why you got on drugs is because of those other behaviors. Yeah, it's symptom- symptomatic of a deeper problem in that sense of anesthetizing oneself from the pain of what's going on in your life. And, of course, right. the beautiful thing is that uh, while drugs might temporarily anesthetize the pain, it is Christ that wishes to come and take that pain away by exactly. changing your life. And once you've exactly. had that, that radical encounter with very Jesus himself, then the need to anesthetize the pain will no longer be there because Christ will help you engage in in, in that about face in all of in in every aspect of your life right. emotionally right. spiritually relationally right. where suddenly now he becomes the answer to all of the things that challenge you um, Redwood City Church of God in Christ you meet at 111 Hazel Avenue, conveniently right off of El Camino Real in Redwood City. And uh, Pastor, right now, during the midst of COVID, tell us about your your service times. I understand that you have some services via Zoom we and have, others in person. Yes, we have Thursday night um, teaching, our Bible teaching on Thursday night, beginning at 7.30 prayer. And, uh, and then we have our service Sunday school at 9.30. And then our regular service at 11.35. And uh, uh, we'd love to invite all those who will come. That door is open. I would like to say one one other thing uh, that you mentioned, uh, talking about drug addiction. You mentioned that when we receive Christ, he, he helps us emotionally, mentally, and all those behaviors. Those are the behaviors that have young people, young women, and young men trapped in drugs. It wasn't that drugs 
wasn't just, it's not just drugs. It starts with there was those behaviors of developing wonderful relationships that you destroy because you don't know how to sustain a relationship with others. Pastor Hosea Irving, Senior Pastor at Redwood City Church of God in Christ, again at 111 Hazel Avenue, right off of El Camino Real in Redwood City. They meet via Zoom for prayer and Bible study every Thursday evening at 7.30 p.m. And then on Sundays, Sunday school at 9.30 a.m. and church service at 11.35 a.m. Call area code 650-369-2532 for more information. That's 650-369-2532. Pastor Hosea Irving, Pastor, thanks so much for spending some time with us here today. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate your time as well. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.